0: Welcome to church. My name is Andrico. Um, Who's had a good week? Show of hands. Good week. All right. For those that didn't put up your hand, we'll work on that. So next week you will put up your hand. Uh, You may have seen a large white object being built, uh, taking Judy's car park. Sorry, Judy. (laughs) So that there is a storeroom that we're building, and um, Percy, Ray, Charlie... And uh, a few others have helped out. Peter have helped out a lot to, to build that. So give them a round of applause. They're good young men. Good young men. So we're building a storeroom and I'll tell you why we're building a storeroom. Well, we're building a storeroom because at the moment our second kids' room, that's supposed to be our second kids' room, is a storeroom. And you can't really put children and things that you store in the same space. So we need to make room for more children to come to Kids Church because that is paramount to what we do here at Emerge Church. So we're making space for them so that we're building a storeroom. And the reason why we need a second children's room there is because we want to create a bigger cafe so that we can host more people, so we can be a more inviting place when we come to a Sunday service or even throughout the week. So that's the reason for it. It starts at a storeroom. It finishes at more people that enjoy fellowshipping together and also encountering Jesus. Amen? Amen. Just thought I'd let you know about what's going on. Well, I want to read to us this morning out of Matthew chapter 17 verse 1 to 8. Don't look, Amy, don't look for all of them. I'm just going to read it. So just keep that slide. It says this, six days later, Jesus took Peter and two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son, who brings me great joy. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell down on, their gro- on the ground. Then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus. Let me pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you that Every single word written in the Bible is for us to learn from, for us to gain wisdom from, for us to apply in our lives, Father. So I pray that this morning will be no different, that this morning your word will come to life for us, Father. And the words that come out of my mouth will not be my own, but they will be yours, Lord. Let it lead us to knowing you further, knowing you deeper, knowing you more, Lord. And let it lead us to be so encouraged to live a life led by you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I want us to go through this passage together this morning because I truly believe that God has something for us to take a hold of in this passage. Some, some takeaway points, some, some keys that I want us to really grapple with, really grasp this morning. And I just also pray that we all will leave better people, right? We're on a journey, under construction as Billy Graham would say. I'm under construction, I'm not perfect. And uh, no one here is perfect, some of you are quite close, but we're all under construction and I believe that this word as well will help us get even closer to God. So the title of my message this morning is Only Jesus. Well, the first takeaway, first key, first point I want us to look at, and I've titled it Get Away With Him. So it's Matthew 17 and it's the first verse in that chapter, six days later, Jesus took Peter And the two brothers, James and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. Before I start, I do want to say, Mum, I try to iron my shirt. Um, It's linen. Linen doesn't listen. So that's that's where we're going to land that one. So can we just ignore the crinkles on the shirt? Um, If you need to close your eyes so you can hear God, do that. Do not be distracted by my crinkles. Being alone with God, get away with Him. I've tried this many times, successfully, might I add. But one time, I wanted to get away like real getaway, like, like Jesus got away. I wanted to go into the mountains. I wanted to go into the bush. I wanted to get away with just me and Jesus. So um, Rosie wasn't a fan of this idea. Um, don't know why. So I packed the car, everything's in it, I've got a a plan where I want to go, I've been there before, years ago, I've been there before, so I'm driving, the sun's already gone down, it's dark, so I left too late, and I'm driving, it's past Blackbutt, who who here's been past Blackbutt, there's nothing much out there, so it was a good place to go, so I'm just driving there, I've got my, uh, I've got the map sign, I think I've got it where I need to be, I'm driving, all of a sudden, it's pitch black, it's one of the darkest nights that uh, Brisbane has ever known to uh, have and uh, I'm just driving there in my in my four-wheel drive all of a sudden I'm through a pine forest and all of a sudden I, I I'm looking to my left to expect to see some sort of trees and there's nothing so I slightly turn the car and I see it's just this huge drop so I turn the car back and just kept on the goat track so I just driving along I was like just checking my maps and at this point The phone that I had loved to disconnect from my Apple CarPlay, hence disconnecting from Maps, and uh, I was in a place with no reception either. So it was quite nerve-wracking, and I'm just praying, Lord, I'm doing this for you. It's so I can spend time with you. Let my phone not disconnect. I need the maps, and I'm driving carefully. It's I'm on a goat track. It's a four-wheel drive track. I'm engaged four low. hitting up these mountains. I'm like, this is not the same track I used last time I came here. So I'm freaking out at this point. About an hour and a half passes and I've not reached the place. I'm like zooming into maps. Where am I going? I just, I, so I went home. That's what I did. <laughs> I turned around. I just went home. I said, Lord, I tried. I tried to spend time with you. Uh, Rosie was very happy that I, that I came home in one piece. Um, just not expecting me to be home that early. I said, I got all I needed. I I spent time with the Lord. (laughs) He said, fear not, (laughs) for I was in fear. Uh, No, that was, uh, I'll try it again. I will try it again, just in a different location. But getting away with Him, harder than you think. Getting away with Him. Here is a life lesson for us to really grasp. Jesus exemplified it so many times as well in his life when he lived here on earth as flesh and bones like us. It says in Luke chapter five that Jesus often withdrew to pray. He often withdrew to spend time alone with his father. If Jesus found this important, if Jesus did this often, then we have to ask ourselves, why? Why did Jesus find this important? Why did Jesus find it important To go away to be alone with his father. Jesus often withdrew to spend time with his father because he only did what he saw the father do. He only said what he heard the father saying. Now, how can he only do what he saw the father do if he didn't spend time with the father? If he wasn't actually getting away with him, if he wasn't actually spending time alone. With the Father. He only said what he heard the Father say. How did he do that if he's not listening to the Father, if he's not alone with the Father? Jesus lived this life in complete surrender. Jesus did not do anything other than what he saw the Father do. In complete surrender. He did nothing out of his own will, if you'd like. Everything he did was. Him doing something because he saw the Father do it. Everything he said was him saying something because he saw the Father say it. Getting away with God often was so important for Jesus to stay on track with his purpose. He could only do what he saw the Father do because he spent time with the Father, often spending time with the Father. Jesus did this so often. He did this regularly. It says so many times in the Bible that he withdrew. He went away. He left the crowd. He went up to the wilderness. He went up a high mountain. He did all these things. Because he knew that it was more important for him to do that so that he can be walking in his purpose. It was more important for him to spend time with the Father than what it was to actually continuously feed people, continuously minister to people, because he knew that going away with his dad was how he was going to fulfill his reason for being sent, and yeah, we can say, but Jesus was God, of course, like, of course he did that, because he was God, yes, he was fully God, three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Jesus was one with the Father, but I believe That it was not just the fact that he was one with the Father, that he withdrew often to spend time with the Father. He also did it as an example to us. Because he lived a perfect, blameless life. We all know that. And we believe that he lived a perfect and blameless life. But he too was subject to all of the same temptations that you and I are subject to. It says that he was tempted just like us. So even for Jesus being tempted, knowing, hey, i got to withdraw. i got to step away from this moment. i got to be with my Father. i got to spend time with Him because temptation was a real thing for Him. He never succumbed to temptation. He never fell into temptation, but He was tempted. And so you and I too can see from Jesus' life that we too can get away with God. When we are tempted, when things are getting a little bit crowded, when things are getting a little bit too tough and too difficult, when we're tired, oh, the devil likes coming to you when you're tired. When we're tired, get away with Jesus. Get away with the Father. Go away with the Father. Lock the door. Spend time with the Father. Jesus did this often, and so should we. Spending time alone with the Father reminded Him of His purpose, His reason for being on earth. Jesus actually said to Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was arrested, He said, Pray with me. Wake up. Stay awake with me and pray with me. Why? Because the Spirit is willing, but my body is weak. Because the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I want to do what the Father has for me to do, but I also don't. I struggle. Even Jesus said, I'm struggling. And how many times did Jesus say to the Lord, not my will, but your will. But if this cup can be passed from me, if I don't have to do this, let it be so, but not my will, your will. And I thank God that Jesus spent time with his Father so that he can actually fulfill what he came to do. It was the power of spending time with his Father. Doing what God wants us to do becomes easier when we spend time with Him, when our flesh, when our body is suppressed in a sense and our spirit rises up. We have, I'm sure uh, many of you have heard the analogy of two dogs in us, something like that. You've got the black dog and the white dog and the black dog represents our, our flesh and, and and all the things that um, we want to do and the white dog is the spirit within us, the, the spirit of God and The one that you feed is the one that's strongest. So Jesus models to us, how do you feed your spirit? How do you make sure that your spirit overwins over your flesh every time? Spend time with the Father. Get away with Him. Get away with Him. If Jesus needed to do this regularly, how much more do you think you and I need to do this? Not to say that our lives need to look like, sorry, I'm going to spend time with God now. I don't have time for human beings. It's not like that, it's, it's just a routine, it's a regular thing that you get into. It's, a, it's, a, it's a often getting away to spend time with the Father. You know what it does? It, it realigns our hearts. Spending time with God realigns our minds, it, it renews our minds. It enables us to get on track with what God has actually placed in us to do. Because if we don't spend time with God, if we don't get away with Him, how are we going to actually keep focus on what He has for us to do? We can't. We get so bombarded with things of this life. We get so bombarded with things in our mind, our own thoughts. Our own thoughts. Not even the, the devil saying stuff to us, but our own thoughts can be so crippling to us. But we need to renew our minds, and that's by spending time with Him, getting away with Him. Spend time with God because he loves you, because he is for you, because he actually wants the best life for you. He knows what you need. He knows what you want even before you do. So spend time with him. Get away with him. Second point, second takeaway, he is God. Matthew chapter 17, verse 2, it says, As the men watched... Jesus's appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the Sun and his clothes became as white as light this would have freaked me out who would have been freaked out in this moment I would have been freaked out in this moment I too have probably climbing a, a, a high mountain as they did would have been transformed I would have been trekking for so long hours upon hours they probably didn't have bottles of water with them either so you could imagine the wreck that they were in. Peter's probably up there just a transformed man himself, sweat dripping off of him, his face just tormented in pain and agony, his hands on knees just panting. He's a transformed man and he looks over to Jesus and Jesus too is transformed, just not the way he was, just not the way he was. It says that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. Picture that. Picture that. The man that you just spent a couple of hours hiking up a mountain with, all of a sudden his face is as bright as the sun. We can't even look at the sun. We need like special lenses. I don't encourage you after the service to go out and look at the sun, but just like turn, turn your head to the sun. Uh, you're not going to keep your eyes open it is bright. The sun is bright and his face was shining like the sun. It says his clothes were as white as light. Now you think of white light that they had back in those times. What was really white light for them? Either the moon or lightning. Now I'm going to lean more toward the lightning white because the moon's really not that bright. His, His clothes were as white as lightning, as white as this this flash of lightning. It was this this thing that just stood out to them. It just kept on beaming. It was this white light that just kept on beaming. His clothes were as white as light. His face was shining like the sun. And I'm sure James and John fell to their face. Peter didn't. We know why. James and John fell to their face and was in awe. I would have too. I would have been freaking out. His face was shining like the sun his clothes as white as light Jesus revealed himself to these three young men God standing in front of them in full form no longer the Jesus they knew no longer the Jesus they've been journeying with no longer the Jesus they were walking with What has happened This is what ha- happened they cannot get away. Oh, sorry. This is what can happen when you get away with Him. He can reveal Himself to you. This is what happens when you spend time with Him. You see a new part of God. You see a new way of, of looking at Him. You see a new way of, of what He is and who He is. Jesus wasn't the one in front of Him. That, he was the one, sorry, that was still in front of Him that, that fed the 5,000. It was still the same Jesus that that did all those miraculous things. But now he's in full God form. Now he's revealing himself as true God. He is God. We can get a glimpse of how incredible Jesus is, how awesome he is, how great he is, how powerful he is. Jesus is God. Here in front of Peter and James and John, he shows them his ultimate glory. Up until this point, they've seen Jesus heal the sick. Up until this point, they've seen Jesus open deaf ears, open blind eyes. Up until this point, they've seen Jesus raise people from the dead. Up until this point, they've seen Jesus miraculously feed the multitudes. Up until this point, they've seen Jesus as a man do incredible things. Incredible things. Miracles. Things that only God can do. But now he's standing in front of them as God. He is God. And just a side note, God can also do all these things through you and I. God can raise the dead to life through you and I. God can heal the sick through you and I. God can open the blind eyes through you and I. God can restore organs through you and I. We can believe for these things. We can believe that God can use us in a powerful way. God can do all these things through us, but not one of our faces will ever shine like the sun. Not one of our clothing items will ever shine white as light. It's because we are not God. God can work through us. God can use us. God can do miraculous things through us. We can be His hands and feet, but we are not God. We are not God. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Could you imagine if John's disciples, the the Baptists, what if his disciples were there at that moment? You know, we read of a story where John the Baptist comes up where he sends his disciples because he's in prison at this time. And he sends his disciples to go ask Jesus, are you the Messiah? Are you the one that we've been waiting for? Or should we wait for another? And Jesus says, tell John what you have seen. The blind eyes are open, the death here, the dead raised to life. But if they were up on this mountain, if they got alone with him, they would have seen, they would not have wondered, they would have not have doubted, they would not have second guessed, they would have known that Jesus is God. He is God. Next point I want to focus on is called I'll Make. I'll make. Matthew 17 verse 3 to 4 says this, suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us all to be here. How brave is he? Oh my gosh, stop everything. It is so good that we are here, isn't it? It is amazing that we are here. If you'd like, Lord, I can make shelters As memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. As Jesus is revealing his glory, Moses and Elijah appear on the mountain with them. There is God in flesh right in front of them, and then Moses and Elijah come. Now you have to ask yourself, why Moses and Elijah? Why them? Why did Moses and Elijah come? I'm not going to answer that. As Jesus (laughs) is, I'm not not even going to bother. Yeah, come back next week. (laughs) This set off Peter. He was like, oh, this is incredible. I'm going to, if you want, Lord, I will make anything. I'll make these shelters. It's going to be great. I'll make one for you. I'll make one for Moses. I'll make one for Elijah. I doubt Peter knew why they were there. But Peter was like, this is great. I'll make. I'll do it this is fantastic. Peter wants to build something for these three men, for these men. And he thinks that this is what they need. He thinks that this is what he's supposed to do. He's so convinced that this is, oh no, no, this is a great idea. What I need to do now is uh, ignore the fact that Jesus is now revealing himself as God and ignore the fact that, you know, there's these men and they're now talking together. I need to actually interrupt them. Hello. Hi. Yep. I'm going to build something if you want, but I'm going to build something, and, and this is going to be great. This is, what, this is what we should do, and if I'm honest, in my reflections, in my time with God, I too have done the same thing. You know, I've encountered God. I've had a moment with Him. I've been in His presence. It's been phenomenal. He's revealed Himself to me in this new way, and I go, yeah, cool. I'm going to let's go build something. Let's go do something. And what you start doing is you paint a picture in your mind of what God wants you to do. You're so convinced that, oh, this is not like, I just encountered him. So this is what I'm going to do. You get ahead of yourself. You jump the gun. You know, you start planning out your five to 10 years. You're like, yeah, I know this is, I'm going to study. And then I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to build a homeless shelter in Uganda. And then we're just all these things. And you plan out everything. And you're like, This is great. I've met God. Now I'm going to do this. It is so good. But is that what God really has for us? Is that what God really wants us to do? Is that what we have to do? People have built all these incredible things. People have done incredible things. People have gone out and did amazing things for God. But is that really what God had for them to do? You know, it says in the Scriptures that at the end of this world, when we come to the end of it all, we're going to stand in front of Jesus at Judgment Day. And many, it says many, will say, Lord, I've done this in your name. I've healed the sick in your name. I've I've raised the dead in your name. I've proclaimed liberty in your name. And Jesus is going to turn to them and say, I did not know you. We can do so many things for God. That we think is what God wants us to do. And at the end of it all, he could say to us, I did not know you. Why were you so busy doing that? Why were you so caught up doing what you thought I wanted you to do? I didn't know you. I do not want to be that person. So I will get away with God. And I will drop that I'll make mentality. That mindset of I'll make. I'll, I'll just go do it. I can do it. I'll go do it. I think we have to drop that mentality so that we can know God and so that God can know us. Jesus will look at them and say, I never knew you. Don't get caught up in that. Wait on Him. Drop the I'll make and wait on Him. The fourth point, is this the fourth point? Fourth point is listen to him. Matthew 17, 5-6. But even as he spoke, Peter, even, even as Peter spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. Why do we drop the I will attitude? Why do we drop the I will mentality? Why do we wait? This is why we wait. This is why we drop it. It's to quiet ourselves. It's to be still and know that He is God. And Peter found out the hard way. I don't want to be finding out that God is God the hard way. Could you imagine the embarrassment? I'll make all these things. And while he's talking, a cloud over him. God signaling to him, it's time for you to shh now, Peter. And through the cloud, an audible voice from God the Father, repeating what he said when Jesus was baptized, repeating what he said at the start of Jesus' ministry. This is my son. Whom I am well pleased in. He brings me great joy. Nothing has changed. He is still the one. He is still the Son of God. He is still the Messiah. He is still the one who is to take the sin of the world. He is still the one that offers the whole world forgiveness through His sacrifice. It is. It was His plan. It was always His plan. And it still is His plan. Nothing has changed from his baptism to this moment on the mountain. God is reminding these men, nothing has changed. This is my dearly loved son. And he brings me great joy. He brings me great joy. It says in Revelation 13 verse 8, Jesus is referred to as the lamb that was slaughtered before the world was made. Before the world was made, before God even spoke light into existence, before anything else was formed, Jesus, the Lamb of God, also known as, was slaughtered, was slain. Jesus was crucified. We don't comprehend that because we live in time and space. But outside of time and space, it has already happened. Before anything was formed, before any foundational pieces were put down, For this world, for heaven and earth, Jesus was already crucified. Jesus was already slain. Jesus took the whipping. Jesus bled out his blood. Jesus carried the cross. Jesus hung on the cross. Jesus was crucified to pay the price for our sins. Not his sins. He didn't sin. He paid the price for our sins. He did all those things for us, to set us free. All of this was decided. All of this had been planned. All of this had already taken place before even a creative word was spoken by God. It's still Jesus. 2,000 odd years later, it's still Jesus It's still Jesus. And God the Father finds great joy in Jesus, His Son. After stating this powerful statement, after stating this powerful truth, a way that God the Father feels about His Son, He finishes with three words. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. Listen to the one who heals the sick. Listen to Him. The one that makes the blind to see, listen to Him. The one that causes the dead to rise, listen to Him. The one that can bear your burdens, listen to Him. The one that has sacrificed His life for us on the cross so that we can live a life in abundance, listen to Him. Listen to Him. The one who is transformed right in front of you, in His God form, listen to Him. Why? Well, there's all those reasons I just listed. But it's because He loves you. It's because He laid His life down for you and I. You know, even before, in this moment for Peter, James and John, Jesus had not yet gone to the cross, but it already happened. He already took their sin and shame. And now we live in a time and space that Jesus had gone to the cross And Jesus did rise again, and we find liberty in Him to live a freeing life, to live a life that is not caught down or or suppressed by sin. Instead, we can live freely from sin because He paid the price of sin. He paid the ultimate price. He was the, the perfect sacrifice, the once and for all sacrifice. He died a sinner's death. And then he was raised back to life by the power of God, defeating the power of sin, paying the price for all mankind's sin because he was sinless. That, So that you and I could have life and life in abundance. So that you and I can inherit the kingdom of God. So that you and I can enter into these freedoms. That's why we should listen to Him. He is worth listening to. The final point as the band comes up is only Jesus. It's the title of my message. It's where I want to land. It's where I want to finish this this message. In Matthew 17, verse 7 to 8, it says, Then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, He said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone. And they saw only Jesus. Everything these three men had just gone through. The hike up the mountain. Jesus transforming himself in front of them. Showing himself in his true God form. Moses and Elijah appearing. Peter talking when he shouldn't. God, the Father, audibly saying to them, this is still the one. This is still my son. And he still brings me great joy. Listen to him. Everything that happened to them. Everything that they went through. Moses and Elijah disappear. They're not there anymore. And the only thing that is left in front of them is Jesus. They saw only Jesus. Life gets busy. Life gets in the way. Life gets hard. Life can suck. Life can get tough. Life can get so overwhelming. We get so caught up in doing life. We get so caught up in our jobs. We get so caught up in our callings. We get so caught up in doing all of these things. We get so caught up in actually living a life led by God. Supposedly led by God. But all these things can disappear when we focus on Jesus. Not that our jobs need to disappear. Don't get me wrong there. We still need to work. But the, the heaviness of them. The, the, the constant nagging in our brains of 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 these jobs and this lifestyle that we live and and even the pains and the frustrations of this life, you know, all the heartache that we go through, all the things that happen to other people, all the things that are worth praying about and are worth giving our attention to, it cannot overshadow Jesus. It must not overshadow Jesus. I understand all these things. I live out a life too, just like you. I understand that it gets chaotic, but it cannot overshadow Jesus. Church, I believe that it is time for us to humble ourselves before God, to remove these things out of our lives, to take away all distractions, to fix our eyes on Jesus. I'm speaking collectively as the church. I know there are so many of you that live a life that models Christianity so well. There's a lot of you in this building that, that live according to this, that Jesus is my only thing. But you know what? We're not perfect. And we are going to fall short of the glorious standard of God. So we do need to constantly remind ourselves that, yes, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. It's time for us to repent as the body of Christ. It is time for us to turn away from the things that get caught up, that we get caught up in. What does repentance mean? Repentance means to turn away from the things that take God's place. It means to turn away from those things and fix our eyes on Jesus. Only Jesus. It is time for us to repent. I'm not saying that we've chosen to turn away from God. Hey, someone in here might have. There's grace for you. There's love for you. There's mercies for you. You too can repent and turn back to God. But our lives get caught up in all this mess, all this living. And we need to repent of putting things in front of God. Whether it be status, whether it be our work, even our family. All those things cannot take place of God. There is a hierarchy that we as Christians need to live by. And God must always be at the top. And if you're, if you're a, a, a husband or a wife or mother, father, that comes second. God, family. God, father. God, mother. God, husband. God, wife. God is always at the top. God is always at the top. Repent of your ways when you have put God anywhere other than the top. He is always at the top. He is always at the top. Why Moses and Elijah I don't think it really matters why them don't get bogged down at who's around you don't get caught up in oh these people are here or oh they're doing that and oh this church is doing this over there and oh that over there they're doing this incredible thing it doesn't matter you run your race you walk out your life with Jesus It doesn't matter. And I'm sure there's some theological reason why them and feel free to go research that in your own time. But it doesn't matter. Only Jesus. Look up and see only Jesus. I want to finish off by saying that waiting on God, resting in Him, sitting in His presence, it really isn't the only thing we need to do. But it's where we need to start. It's where we need to start. And not just start, it's where we need to regularly go to. We are called to live a life. We are put on this earth around the people that we are around to live a life that God has called us to live. To live the life that He's created us to live. And that means doing something. That means getting up. Jesus said it to Peter, James and John. Practically, yes, of course, because they were on the floor. But like I said earlier, every single word in this Bible that we read is for us to learn something from, to apply in our lives. And Jesus says, get up. And then he says, do not be afraid. Why? Because there is something for us to do. But do not take your eyes off Jesus. Do not put something else ahead of him it is always Jesus it is only Jesus but get up you know uh, there's this beautiful moment that Mary one of Jesus disciples and Martha her sister also a disciple of Jesus Jesus was in the house and Martha is cooking all these foods and just preparing for a feast and what's Mary doing she's sitting at the feet of Jesus Jesus and Mary goes to Jesus why don't you rebuke her she is a wicked woman she is just sitting there and I'm doing all the work Jesus says to Martha she has chosen the better part we do all these things and it's things that God wants us to do but sitting at his feet that is the better part and often doing it that is the key to living a life led by him often getting away with him, often sitting at his feet, often turning our eyes to him and only seeing Jesus. It doesn't disqualify all those other things. We still need to get up. We still need to not be afraid because the dreams that God puts in our heart are way bigger than what we think we can handle. I'm standing here in front of you today in a position that I thought I would not be able to do. But I know God has called me to do this, and I regularly go to Him, saying, Lord, not in my strength, but in Your strength. There is so much that I have to do in this life that I know God has placed in me. I can't do it by myself. There is so much that God has placed in every single one of you. You may think you're nothing, but you are everything to Him. He loves you. He is for you. How do we live out this life that He's called us to live? How do we get up? How do we not be afraid? It's focusing on Him. Yeah. It's keeping our eyes on Jesus. It's only Jesus. When was the last time you got away with Jesus? When was the last time you try to Go up a mountain and get lost and turn back home and just go pray at home. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you encountered God for yourself? Don't rely on last week's encounter. Definitely don't rely on last year's encounter. A fresh encounter. Every time you come into His presence. When was the last time you heard Him speak? He's always speaking to you because He's a loving Father. Because He's for you. When's the last time you quieted yourself enough to hear His voice? Is it time for you to remove all of the distractions and look up to see only Jesus?